Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. This is Kim and myself. We're sitting in gorgeous old town Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's either heaven or hell. And right now it's heaven about to go to hell. So anyway, it's been a great place to, for us with the Rich Dad office. And we have a very special show today. It's about being a self-published author, which uh, Kim and I both we, are. We know a little bit about that. And, but why maybe you should consider it because, um, you know, if you have something to say, you, can, you, get, you have Twitter and you have YouTube and all this, but a book is a little bit more dense. You know I mean? It's, it's, it can pack in more meaning and knowledge and wisdom than ever before. So if, if you think your message is important, this is a very important show for you because it's, you know, it's about time you told your side of the story or what you think is important. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well, knowing uh, our guest Chandler Bolt, who's going to be talking about self-publishing, as I was watching his TED Talk, and um, I looked around the house and noticed I have like 13, 14 books going right now <laughs> all at one time, and one just came in the mail yesterday. So I love reading. I love, I love rereading books um, because I always get something more. Every time I read it, I get something new because I'm in a different place. So I am a huge fan of books. I like the, I like to feel it. I like to underline it. I like to make notes in the pages. So I, I think everybody does have a great story in them. And I think our guest Chandler is going to help bring out that story for right. you. And FYI, for those who may not know the Rich Dad story, Rich Dad Portnoy had to be self-published because it was turned down by every publisher and what they said was that I didn't know what I was talking about when it came to the subject of money, or my rich dad didn't know what he was talking about. And the reason most of those publishers turned the book down is they're, they're more like my poor dad. They're A students who do very well reading and writing and did well in college, so they become publishers or editors. And as you know, they're functionally incompetent when it comes to the real world, so that's why they turned rich dad down. So Kim and I had to self-publish the book and uh, the rest is history. And it took two years, but Oprah called, and what happened there? Oprah called in, uh, I think that was 2000, and uh, she is syndicated. The whole show was around Robert and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and she syndicated to 150 countries. So overnight, we went to 150 countries. And I guess, ladies and gentlemen, there is an Oprah effect. And, and one other thing about self-publishing I want to say, because um, we've gone the whole full gamut, there's, there's two reasons you self-publish. One is because you have to because nobody will publish you. But the second reason is because you can. So for us, we had, had to self-publish in the beginning because nobody wanted us. And then, of course, Rich Dad Poor Dad took off, Cashflow Quadrant took off, um, and Robert's brand took off, and all of it took off. And so we went to a publisher and did that for many, many years and then got to the point where the publishing world was sometimes a little slow, and we wanted to update our books as fast as possible. And so now we are self-publishing because we can. And one more thing about the one thing a publisher did not do, even though we were pretty famous as Rich Dad, 
was that they couldn't get us PR or they couldn't get us exposure. Yeah. So with YouTube and Twitter and all that, <clears throat> you know, you just self-publish your book and you can do the rest by yourself. So it's a very, very different world. So anyway, our, our guest today is Chandler Bolt. He's the CEO of the Self-Publishing School and author of six best-selling books, including his most recent book, Published. So Chandler, welcome to the program. Welcome, Chandler. Hey, great to be here. Good to have you here. And something you didn't mention is that you, you guys have one of the most popular and successful self-published books of all time. I mean, what was it? We were talking about this on our interview last week. 46 million copies. I mean, it's just unreal. And, and, and so it's just, it's so cool to see that trajectory. And it's, it's like you said, it's, it's the entrepreneurial version of publishing. It it's, is. You know, there was the taxi industry and then Uber came along. <laughs> and then I think it's very similar is, is there's, there's publishers and there's the old way of doing it. And then there's the new way, which it used to be because you have to. And sometimes we're still, uh, for some people, it still is because you have to. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really shifting to where a lot of people are doing it because they want to and because it's the best option, because the people who are actually making money off of books yeah. uh, are the people who are self-publishing and who are doing it well. Right. So Chandler, give us a little bit of your background. I mean, how'd you get into this business? Yeah. So we have something in common, which is that uh, dropout. I don't know if, I don't know if you were a C student. I think, I think you were, um, but I, I'm a C level English student, a college dropout. And <laughs> as I was dropping out of school, I ran businesses in college. I ran businesses in high school. And then finally I figured out, you know, I, I I'm learning how to run a business from professors who have never ran a business. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so I dropped out. That's an aha and, moment. Uh, <laughs> it was an aha moment. Uh, and so I dropped out and I wrote a book and it actually, it was about uh, productivity for entrepreneurs and what I learned kind of running a six figure business while also being a full-time college student and like, how do you juggle all that? Uh, and then the book did well uh, and it, it kind of started taking off. And then uh, I did another book for charity and then people just started asking me about writing and publishing books. And, you know, you can only get smacked in the face so many times before you turn around and look. And you turn around and look and there's all these people there wanting to pay you for that thing that you didn't even think about. And so we started working with people. We had a cohort of 40-something students. And then we worked a lot of them through the process. And then for me, that was when it was, oh, okay, this is, I can do this, not just me, but I can help others do this. And so then we, you know, we've kind of been off to the races to the point now where we're, uh, we went from zero to over $16 million in the last uh, five years, helped thousands of people write and publish books. Inc. 5000 last two years in a row is one of the 5,000 fastest growing uh, private companies in America. So we've just been kind of scaling, building and changing lives through books. It's been a lot of fun. Well, congratulations yeah, on all your great. success and all that. So what are your reasons? Why do you tell people they should self-publish or why should, what's the reason for publishing, even writing a book? Because that's quite an undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so there's, there's the writing piece and, and why do it to begin with? And then there's, okay, should I self-publish traditionally publish? And I think like for us, we believe that books change lives, right? It changes the lives of the author. It changes the lives of the reader. And I love right. what you were saying, Kim, which is like not only the first time, but then you go back and reread it and you're at a different phase of life right. and you have different context. And so different things jump off the page. Um, but I'm just a firm believer that, uh, you know, writing and publishing a book is the best thing you can do to increase your impact, um, your income and your business. And so we talk about leveraged impact all the time. I know you mentioned my TEDx talk. Uh, that's what I talked about there is like the ability to do this thing once and then it goes off. And I mean, for you guys, it's 46 million people impacted from taking the time once to create that book. And so there's the impact piece, there's the income piece, and then really building it into the business 
which is what you guys have done. And so we try to use a book to do three things from a business perspective is get more leads, um, get more sales, get more referrals. So leads, it's, it's people who have never heard of you um, before the book, right? Sales is turning more of the people who know about you into paying customers and then referrals. I mean, you think about how many people have given the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad to have, I mean, we were talking about this on our interview on a self-publishing school podcast last week. It's like, my dad gave me the book. Uh, I read probably four of your books in high school. And then that kickstarted my whole journey. And I've told some, I mean, I've got the cash flow game in the trunk of my car. <laughs> you know, it's like so many people, it goes on to it, just the ripple effect is so large. And right. so the, I think that's the why. And then the, the, you know, choosing between self-publishing or traditional publishing for 99% of people, it makes more sense to, to self-publish. Uh, traditionally publishing only makes sense really if you get a massive advance. Um, and even then there's, you know, there's some things to know about that is you got to sell your books or you got to buy back books or earn out your advance or all those things. Um, but it, like the only thing is distribution, really. It's kind of like record labels. Uh, if you want to get into most physical bookstores, so, which... Wait, wait, you're covering a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So He's let's excited. get back. He's excited. So the, the yeah. point here is this. So how does somebody, do they submit a script to you or do you uh, manuscript? How, how does, how do, how how does so, it work with yeah, you? How, and how do you start? I mean, where do you, right. if somebody says, yeah, I want to write a book, but I've never done it before and I don't know what I right. want to write about. What? How do you start? Yeah. So we kind of recommend a couple things to start. The first and most important thing uh, is to get your ideas down onto the paper, like in the form of a mind map. So I recommend like the first step. And so for anyone watching, listening to this, as soon as this interview is over, take 15 minutes get a blank sheet of printer paper, put your idea in the middle of the page, and then just start brainstorming. And, and what most people will find is, you know, you come into that process and you think, I don't know what I would write about, or maybe this is 10 pages, this isn't a book, but then you realize there's a whole lot more in that noggin of yours than you think. Uh, and so, you know, kind of putting, writing down stories, what are ideas that you have? For business owners, it's usually like, what are the broken record conversations that you have over and over and over again, either in the sales process, the onboarding process. And, you know, there's probably something that you're tired of talking about. And the best way to stop talking about it is to write a book on it and then just point people to the book. That's, 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 that's really important that's because that's, that's, that's how I got into writing the book was I was telling the same old story over and over and over again and people seem to like it. So we just, yeah. Right, Kim? Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you bring up a really good point, too, in terms of get, once you get the book out there and, and to traditional publishers versus self-publishing, um, to Robert's point earlier, is that they're not going to sell it for you. They People right. think you're going to go to a publisher, they're going to publish it, and then they're going to they're just going to keep getting you PR for years and years. No, maybe a week, maybe two, max. Right. But after that, right. it's, it's up to you to sell that book. And I've seen so many authors fall into the trap of thinking that the, the publisher is going to do it for them. And nobody can sell your book better than you. So Chandler, do you help people sell the book? Yeah. So we're an education company. So we walk people through the whole process. And I mean, the marketing stuff is what we're really good at. Uh, and, and, and because it's exactly what, what you said, Kim, and this is exactly what we talked about in our interview last week, Robert, which is, you know, it's, it's best selling author, not best written author. And <laughs> no one's going to, no one's going to sell your book besides you. You know, like, and we see that all the time, Kim, it's, it's exactly what you said, which is people think, oh, I'm just going to pay them 
to do the marketing, yeah. whoever them is, whether it's the publisher, whether it's a different company and it's no one care, cares about your book or your idea more than you do. And so you've got to do it. And that was a, you know, I had a, a friend ask me after our interview last week, Robert, like, what was the biggest takeaway from that interview? And, and the biggest one for me was you said that early on you hired a full-time PR person. From the start. From, like, from, from the, the beginning, start. yeah. And, and She's still with us. I told yeah, him she's that still with us with today. Yep. That's amazing. You can't, you and and cannot, like you were talking about how that helped transform the book into a brand, right? And I told my friend, I mean, he runs a business as well. And I told him that and he's like, oh man, that Sarah Blakely did the same thing with Spanx. And then we, we started like connecting the dots. And it's like, because I mean, your point was it's it's the cheapest form of advertising it's, it is to hire a full-time PR person. And so I think that's just one example of exactly what we're talking about, right? Which is uh, investing in the marketing in the book early and often. So what Chandler's talking about is when I was in the nylon and Velcro surfer wallet business, the way we got get, we didn't know, I didn't know about PR. So we had to buy ads in like Runner's World magazine and stuff like that. But the best one was a PR article. So let's say we spent, six, back then it was $16,000. This is in the 70s for a Runner's World full page for color. Took four months to produce. Think about that. Now you can produce it in a day and get it out today. And then not only that is once we got in the magazine, I made a mistake. I forgot to, you know, I was, I was advertising my new shoe pocket, the thing that the, the nylon wallet, the one in your shoelaces of your shoes. And so I was waiting for the phone to ring and not, not, the phone didn't ring. So I went to the New York uh, sporting goods yeah. show with my booth and all that. And I'm setting the thing up. And this young guy from, he was from Hudson Bay Company out of Canada. He comes up, he says, hey, Rippers, where have you been? You know, where have you been? I said, what do you mean, where have I been? He says, you know, my store is filled up with people looking for your product and, you know, where are you? And I said, well, why didn't you call? He says, you idiot, you forgot your phone number and address. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. So that set us back six months and $16,000. Anyway, we'll be back. We'll be talking more about, you know, is writing a book in your cards. I mean, it's, you know, they say that's one of the things you should do as an adult. You should write a book, plant a tree and have a kid. <laughs> in that order? <laughs> I don't know yeah, about no, the kid part, about, but I like the tree part. <laughs> the tree's nice, you know. You don't have to, you don't have to take care of the tree that well, you know. And a book is just a one-time pain, <laughs> not a lifetime of pain. Anyway, when we come back, we'll be talking more about Chandler Boats, whether or not you should be a self-published author. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash dellemc. Hi, this is Kim. Robert just left the studio, so I want to make a little confession. I went to one of those sites, you know, the ones where you tell them all about you and they match you up to your perfect dream. And no, 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 I don't mean a dating site. It's not a dating site. It's a dream site, sort of. Let me explain. You see, sleep is very important. It's actually one of the most important pieces to losing weight, being fit, and longevity. 
but it's also important because it's when your mind resets and dreams. And dreams are such an important part of all areas of life. Dreams are where you get to communicate openly with your subconscious. And now I dream and I found the solution. I found the dream site, it's called Helix Sleep. And Helix really does care about you. Helix doesn't make just the world's greatest beds, they make them to fit you like a custom-made personalized glove. They determine how you sleep. For me, I sleep on my back. They ask about your body type to determine the perfect mattress. They ask all about your sleep preferences and then voila, the perfect mattress is introduced to you. The mattress that took into account all your needs, desires, quirks and style and formulated the perfect design just for you. All you have to do is take the Helix quiz. It only takes about two minutes, but it could change your life. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, you can add on sheets and pillows or whatever else you need for your bed, and then the mattress comes right to your door rolled up in a box. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash richdad, take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Oh, and don't forget... Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash richdad. And to make it even better, Helix gives you a 10-year warranty. So this purchase won't keep you up worrying, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I bet you will. Go to helixsleep.com slash richdad. And to make it even better, Helix gives you a 10-year warranty, so this purchase won't keep you up worrying, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I bet you will. Go to helixsleep.com slash richdad. Welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. You can listen to this program on Rich Dad Radio anytime, anywhere on iTunes, Android, or YouTube. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because we're an education company. We have no product. We don't sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, or silver. But we do sell education. And one of the best ways to learn is by via repetition. If you re listen to this podcast again, you'll pick up twice as much. You may get convinced that it might be worth the effort to go through writing a book. But more importantly, if you have friends, family, and business associates, and if you're planning on writing a book, this would be a good program to review with them and discuss it with them to get the pros and cons because it is an undertaking. Kim, what was it like for you to write a book? Well, it's, this is interesting because we're talking about books and publishing, and there was a really important book that um, helped us through this. And when Robert wrote the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then no publisher wanted it, so we're like, we have to self-publish. Well, how do you self-publish? Gosh, I don't know how you self-publish. So I bought a book. And it was called the self-publishing manual. And I just followed the steps in the book. At the back of the book, it listed all these distributors. I, I, I called them all. I called all these people. I, I just followed step by step. So I wish I had a Chandler Bolt at that time because all I had was a book and we were trying to figure it out. And we made a ton of mistakes, but we finally got through it. Um, but Chandler is the CEO of the self-publishing school. So he actually takes you from start to finish to get your book published. He's got six best-selling books, including his most recent book titled Published. Appropriate. And, and it's, it's an Inc. 5000 company in the last two years. It's one of the fastest growing 
private companies in the U.S. So can, you know, congratulations. He knows what he's talking about. Yep. Very happy customers. <laughs> so, yes, books are important. And uh, that was a book that got Rich Dad, Poor Dad self-published. And that the rest is history. So, Chandler, um, so somebody comes to you and they've got an idea. Take us through the simple steps you take people through. Absolutely. So one of the first things that we focus on is, is getting the rough draft finish. Like that is the most important thing um, because, you know, it, it's kind of like one of those things where until you have the rough draft finish, it, it's weird. You finish the rough draft and you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You, it goes from this thing that I'm thinking about doing to the, oh, wow, this is actually going to get done. And people start when they get, you know, it's like, maybe you've heard the joke. It's, you can tell when a writer's on the deadline, cause that's when they're on social media. <laughs> it's like, there's nothing more painful than actually writing. So you want to do everything else, but write. Uh, and that's, that's, a, great, that's a great cover, point. Oh, about. I that's hate a great it. Point. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, and how do you, how do you get yourself focused? Cause it's yeah. so easy to, to sit down and, or, or I sit down and nothing comes. Well, I just I sit yeah. I, the, the refrigerator is too close. I'm always <laughs> in the refrigerator drowning the pain. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, it's creating an environment. And then also, so we we have a three-step process. We call this uh, the 24-hour book outline challenge. And it's really the three steps to writing a book. And so the goal is to get from idea to outline in 24 hours and then use the outline to write the book. Um, So step number one is the mind map. And so you mind map and kind of brain dump everything that you can think of around this book topic onto the page. Step number two is to turn that mind map into an outline. So you start to kind of group ideas. You maybe have like five groups of ideas, so five sections, uh, and then about three chapters per section. And you order those sections in the order that you want to cover them in the book. So now all of a sudden you've got five sections, three chapters a section. You've got a 15-chapter outline that you'll use. We use the mind map also because the mind doesn't operate linearly. What a book has to be linear. Exactly. So you put all your thoughts down this paper, not in any order, and then then. And then that's a good picture. And then, yeah, well, I've got to, I I mind map everything, right? Like (laughs) this is me reading back through my book published and we're going to do an updated and revised version and I'm, I'm reading it and then just mind mapping all the changes I want to make. Right. Good. Good. Much more disciplined than me. (laughs) I'm I'm in the refrigerator drowning the pain. doesn't understand what the word outline means. (laughs) I just wrote one the other day. (laughs) <laughs> That's the thing. If you nail the outline, the writing becomes easy, which I know sounds simple. And, and it's what my English teachers told me in school that I never listened to. They said, hey, if you just if you just take some time to actually outline your paper, it's going to be easier. And I'm like, well, why would I do that? That's time I could just spend writing the paper. Like, this doesn't make sense, but it, it actually works. And so you've got kind of this 15 chapter outline and then you move to step three, which is um, to write the book or to speak the book. So you take kind of the same approach and you go chapter one, you go, you know, 10 minutes mind mapping, everything you can think of on that topic, 10 minutes turning that mind map into an outline, and then either 45 minutes to an hour and a half writing the chapter or 10 minutes speaking the chapter. And you repeat that process chapter by chapter. So that's, that's kind of how we walk through with people is, is getting from idea to rough draft done as quickly as possible. So they have that, I think there was a thing called dragon or something. You can just speak. Yeah. Dragon dictation. Yeah. And there's a, there's a bunch of different dictation softwares. There's Rev.com or the Rev app. Um, that's one of my favorites. It's actual humans. I, I don't know if you can tell. I've got a little bit of a Southern accent. So Siri doesn't always understand me. Uh, and, and so that's helpful if you have an accent uh, to actually have a human. So that when you read your transcription, it's not just gobbledygook and, and a bunch of random words. But yeah, there's there's a bunch of free services and then Rev, which is pretty cheap. So, so... 
once you've got the outline, this is where a lot of people get stuck. Then they got to write the book. And right. I can come up with every reason why I don't want to sit down at that computer and write that book. How, how do you overcome that? The procrastination and the yeah. writer's block and all. How do you overcome yeah. that? This is going to sound super basic, but uh, one of the first things that we talk people through is, is why are you doing this? <laughs> like, why is this important to you? Why is this important to your business? Um, and, and putting that up on the wall and somewhere you can see it. And so that every time it gets difficult, which I mean, this is only one, as you guys know, of a series of difficult things that happen throughout the process. So every time it gets difficult, you can look back at that. And then we have this little, uh, poster that we give people um, when they join self-publishing school. And it's like, my rough draft will be finished by X date. And then they fill in the date and take a picture with it and post it publicly. Um, Cause there's nothing like public accountability to, to motivate you to actually, uh, actually get it done. So there's a couple of things that we do. And the most important question is how much does it cost? Yeah. So for us, it's a few thousand dollars. And then for the actual book production, it's anywhere from a few hundred to a couple thousand. So the way that we make money is we're an online education company. So we help people through the process. Don't take any of the royalties. Um, so the author keeps 100% of their royalties. And we're, we're someone who helps them through that process. And then one of our goals is to help save about as much money as they spend on us, on the cover designer, editor, formatter. We, we don't, we're not a publisher, so we don't do any of that. But we've like negotiated a bunch of deals um, with all those folks on like kind of our book production team. So that's kind of how the process works. And then we have, we have a coach that walks, like walks them through the process. We've got the online education curriculum, like a bunch of that stuff. But really what we try to focus on is the milestones is what we call it. And so like kind of flipping everything, it's like, yeah, cool. You've got all the stuff in support of that, but really all that matters. And you guys know, this is like when someone pays you, they're paying you for the result or for the benefit of getting the book done. So there's getting the, the mind map and outline. There's the rough draft, there's editing, there's book production, there's marketing. And so just flipping everything in support of those milestones as people are working through the process. So if somebody right now is saying, well, I, I, want, to, I want to do this. So do they, who do they contact? So they can go to our, our website. It's uh, self-publishingschool.com um, and they can book a call with the team and we can chat about that. Um, I also have my book published. We give that away for free. That's kind of a good 10,000 foot view of the process. But honestly, if they Google anything about writing and publishing a book, they're probably going to land on self-publishing school, or we also own a uh, self-publishing.com. Um, so they'll land on one of those sites and probably end up talking to the team and, and get some help with their book. <laughs> so, so let me ask you Chandler. So somebody w- wants to write a book. They don't have a business. Let's say they don't have a business, but they ri- write a book and you talk about taking your book and turning it into a business. How can you yeah. give examples of that? How does that work? Yeah. Oh, for sure. One of my favorite examples is Kat Wanders. So she had a passion for yoga uh, and using yoga to help heal chronic pain. So she wrote a book called Yoga for You. Um, that book, I think she got within the first month, she got 10 customers that found her because of that book, um, $3,000 per customer. So it was about 30 grand in customers from the book. So the cool thing about a book is it crystallizes uh, it, it forces you to crystallize your ideas in the written form and a methodology. And then you use the book to drive lead sales and referrals. Um, I mean, it's kind of exactly, you know, we were talking about this on our interview, Robert, it's, it's exactly what you guys did with Rich Chad Portet. And then, you know, using the book to then sell the game, the board game, uh, and then enter it like kind of it's the top of funnel is I think you called it like it's, it's the brochure. It's the start of the conversation. 
for people to then do further business with you? It's, it's quite a process, you know, like, um, I don't recommend that unless you really want to do it because it can be painful. But thinking about back to when we self-published. Oh, go ahead. No, it's like, <laughs> no, no, I'm going, you have no idea. You know, some people like writing, but I was, I was a C student. I, I flunked out of high school twice because I can't write. So when you talk about the pain, when I mm -hmm. sit down and I've written some big books, you know, five, 600 page books, it takes two or three years off your life. Yeah. <laughs> it's a diff it's a difficult process. I can relate because I mean, obviously I'm a C-level English student, college dropout. So I did not think I was going to be writing books, much less running a school in self-publishing yeah. school. And it's, it's one of those things where, and maybe you've heard this saying, it's like the, it's the best student is often the worst teacher or, you know, the best player is often the worst coach because they don't know what it's like to fail because yep. they've always been good at the thing. Right. So I've always felt that was like kind of my superpower. And I, I would imagine you, you'd say the same thing about yourself, which is like the, the, the power is in struggling and then knowing that I need to make this simple. It's the eight, it needs to be ADD friendly. It needs to be very simple. Like C level English student can understand this and can do this. And so taking this thing that most people view as complicated and making it as simple as possible, which honestly I think is exactly what you guys have done with, with financial education. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And, and, you know, the marketing of it is so much, I think it's so much easier today in, in terms of getting your book in front of eyeballs, because when we started, there was no internet. And the way we got people's names, because we didn't know who was buying our book in the bookstores, we put a little, a little ad in the back of the book that said, send in $5 for postage and handling, and we will send you this free audio cassette tape that Robert did. And that's how we started building our database. People send in these $5 checks and we sent them <laughs> off their, their, their little audio tape. And did we charge five bucks? We charge five bucks for postage and handling. Yes, we did. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. It is just, it's so funny to think back on that, right? It's yeah. like, can you imagine just randomly sending someone five bucks in the mail and then, and then waiting for them? But like, it worked. Every <laughs> once awesome. in a while, every once in a while, we will get a check in the mail for $5 to this day from somebody that saw <laughs> no that. Way. Yes, from an early oh book. Gosh. From an early That's book. Awesome. It's 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's happened. <laughs> we don't even have the cassettes anymore. We don't make cassettes. You know? <laughs> Nobody yeah, has right? a cassette right. player. Before CDs, before YouTube, <laughs> before crypto, before digital. Yeah. But anyway, hey, Chandler, keep up the good work. And, you know, I mean, all of you listening, I, Chandler's a great guy. And if you have something to say, that's when it begins. If you really think there's something important for you to say, that's where it begins. So uh, congratulations on all your success, Chandler. And, and once again, go to his website, selfpublishingschool.com. Thanks. Congratulations. Awesome. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thanks. Excellent. Thank Bye. you. Good job. Thanks. Welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Chat Radio Show with Kim. This is the good news and bad news about money. And one of the ways you can make more money or serve your customers better is write your own books. I want to thank Chandler Bolt. He is the president and creator of the selfpublishingschool.com. And if you think you have something to say, or I'm sure you do, He's a good guy to start with and get the process started. Any comments, Kim? Well, you know, and one thing we never did touch on was the ebook, because ebook I would think would be a great way to start to see if there's an audience for your for your book. Because what what Chandler said is sometimes people come up with ten pages and they go, "That's all I got." Well, ten pages could be an ebook to put out to the public to see if there's a demand for what you're talking about. Because we have a lot of ebooks at Rich Dad. 
We do. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> You've written some. <laughs> Too funny. Well, it, what happened is the more successful I got as writing, the more I started to write, and I hate it. I mean, I picked on, picked up 400 pounds sitting there. I'd get up at three o'clock in the morning, make myself a pot of coffee and go sit in the dungeon and write. And I hated every single moment of it. But exactly as Chandler says is, why are you doing this? You know, are you doing it for yourself or is there a good reason for you to do it? If there's no, no good reason, then don't do it because unless you really like writing romance novels or something for the lonely, <laughs> I never understood that. But anyway, I don't read romance novels. And the other thing too is um, there's a lot of people who write textbooks. Now, the only the only thing good a textbook is good for is sleep. You know, I just I open that thing up. I don't know who in the world could write a textbook. They got to be the most boring person on earth, <laughs> right? There's no stories. People <laughs> like stories. You got to have a story to tell. And I like when you talk about you know we call it the reason why, because the reason why what is going to keep you going when you want to quit. It's the same thing with investing. It's the same. Think Life. for your journey on financial freedom. There's got to be a reason, a deep core reason why you're doing this because when you come up against the obstacles and when you come up against, I don't want to write this anymore, you're going to want to quit. But if there's a strong reason why, that's going to keep you going. And the way I, my, my first book was horrible because my, our, our partner at the time kept encouraging me, Robert, you got to write a book because back in the dark ages when dinosaurs roamed, is that every speaker had to have a book. And I said, well, I don't want to be a speaker and I don't want to write a book. So finally I capitulated and I wrote this book. If you, I, I really hated school. I don't know if you get that. But if you want to be rich and happy, don't go to school because everything they teach you in school makes you poor. You know, don't cheat. Well, it's called cooperation in my world. Don't make mistakes. I mean, how do you learn anything you don't make mistakes? And they don't teach you anything about money. So that's why I wrote, if you want to be rich and happy, don't go to school. And it was controversial. It was a, we got it up to the bestseller list in Australia. Yeah. I mean, we really, I mean, talk about marketing. That was a marketing. That was oh, marketing. That was, that that was, was us. But I remember in, in Hong Kong, we, we released it in Hong Kong. And it's a very controversial subject because in Hong Kong, they're very pro-school. And they, they, they adore school and they worship school. So Because they're yeah. Asians. That's so why we, they're Asians. So we had to put a... We had to put a question mark. If you want to be rich and happy, don't go to school, question mark. And that's how they, that's how they accepted it. <laughs> and, the, and the Chinese censored my, my, my last book, Fake, or the book before last. So, you know, the, the Chinese, you know, they're the exporters of COVID, I guess, or whatever you call it. But it's been a love-hate out there. Anyway, so but that's it's been good to us. Can a book change your life? Yes, it can. So what was yes, my why? Can. I hated school. <laughs> it keeps me going. You know, do I want to make you guys rich and happy? No, I just want to punish those teachers for punishing me. That's the main reason. And it was such a painful process. And every morning I still get up and I still write and I go, God, you're punishing me now, you know? But let me say something too about Rich Dad, Poor Dad because people go, oh, it's like an overnight success. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was actually, although you weren't writing it, it was a 20 to 30 year accumulation of your yeah, experience. I did write the book. Your, Everybody says, you didn't yeah. write that book, did you? I said, I wrote it. I wrote it. Give me a break. I wrote it. Didn't I? You wrote every yeah. word of it. And it you took, write all your books. You write yeah. all your books. But I'm just saying that some, you know, there's, there's all this history that you had and all this experience you had and people have the same 
their life experience and things that they've done that probably would add to their book. And that was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that, yeah. was, that was 20 years, 20 plus years of knowledge and experience Pain. and a lot of mistakes, <laughs> a lot of screw ups. I was, I was developing, <laughs> and then I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I was developing my piece, my first piece of real estate out in Bisbee, Arizona. And the reason I had time to write the book because my little house was so remote, there was no television or radio. That's how you know, deep in a canyon, beautiful canyon, unbelievable canyon, but I was building this house. So at night I would sit down and just write this book. And if not, if I didn't have that, I would never finish Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I want a couple more stories I think are funny. So I wrote this book, if you wanna be rich and happy, don't go to school. And then the next thing you have to do is promote it. So our, our partner at the time books me into some literary club in oh, Australia. Australia. <laughs> this was a good and, story. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something. Me <laughs> and intellectuals don't get along. You know, I mean, they're all there. They're, they're so proud. They went to this school or that school. And I come tooling in there and I go, uh-oh, I'm in enemy territory. You know, this is, I'm a years ago, so 30 years ago. So I'm being the jerk that I am. So we sit down to have this dinner and all this. It was lunch. Lunch? Uh -huh. Oh, God. And I was so nervous because... I didn't want to, could you imagine talking to a bunch of school teachers about don't go to school, but that's what it felt like. So I, I decided to power lift and Australia has the best white wine. And I was power lifting this wine. And so they said, and here's the author of the book. If you want to be rich and happy, don't go to school. So I stepped up there. I thought it delivered beautifully. I thought it was the best talk I ever did. The first talk I ever did was the best. And our partner says, I said, how did I do? She goes, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was a pretty good talk. <laughs> she says you're slurring and spitting all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, but the Aussies loved it. The Aussies, the Aussies, Aussies are great it. people. Yeah. They they give a shit. So. They're wonderful. <laughs> but this is this. I think this is the most important thing. So we drove it via PR. And we drove it and drove it and drove it. It made the bestseller list. It, it, it creeped on some other uh, bestseller lists around Asia and the U.S. and all this. So Simon & Schuster called. And so Kim and I went to New York City to Simon & Schuster to discuss if they were going to buy the book because it was still self-published. And we sat down with the publisher. I never forget this guy. He was one of the best guys. Funny intellectuals, not bad. But he's Japanese also, Robert Azahina. And he said he sat down and we thought we we're going to sign a deal for if you're really rich and happy, don't go to school. Do you, do you remember what he said? He said, "You will have." He said, "We're not going to take this book." He said, "You will have a." But he rejected the book again. I said, yeah. "They rejected it again." Yeah. And Lost he it. said, "You will have a bestseller when you tell people what you know. You're not telling people what you know, and once you do, he said, you'll have a bestseller." Profound words. We're sitting there. Where you know, Kim and I really kind of deflated. You know, we thought. We're going to sign a contract, make, make a couple of thousand bucks or something, you know. So I still remember coming down the elevator and going out in the streets and standing outside. And he goes, the question was, what do I know? What do I know? Why do I write this? Why, do I, why am I so pissed off at schools? So when I was sitting in Bisbee, Arizona, which is right on the Mexican border, beautiful part of the world. You don't need air conditioning year-round because it's such a beautiful place. And uh, I'm sitting there like this, and I'm, I'm, I hear Azahina from Simon & Schuster saying, tell me what you know. And I'm sitting there at this typewriter, no television, no radio, and suddenly it just came out. I had a rich dad, and I had a poor dad. And that's where rich dad, poor dad came from.
And exactly as Bob Azahina said, two years later, Oprah calls. And I went from inf- I went from a legend in my own mind to a legend. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was wor- it's worth the journey. I still hate writing. I put on weight every time I write because I gotta kill the pain with food. Anyway, please contact Chandler Bolt of the Self Publishing School. It's worth the process if you really think you have something to say. Thank you all for listening to Rich Dad Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.